You're listening to the Fade to Gray Network. Hey, these are the movies that molded me. What's up, podcast listeners? This is Elizabeth. And this is Chris. What's going on? It's Omar here from Movies That Molded Me. What is Movies That Molded Me? It's the most fun podcast around. (laughs) It's a movie ranking (laughs) game show where we take our favorite movies from a specific topic or genre and play against each other to create the definitive top five list. Where can we find Movies That Molded Me? You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And then if you want to follow us on our socials, you can find us at Movies That Molded Me on Instagram, Facebook at Movies That Molded Me, and Molded Me on Twitter. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> you need to listen to our show. You're listening to the Face of Bay Network. Welcome to Reapcast on the Fade to Gray Network. Woohoo! Um, so, those of you listening on the Fade to Gray Network, of course, well, we're here. Uh, we are Reapcast. And for those who are listening to this on the Reapcast main feed, um, well, guys, we made it. Um, we joined the Fade to Gray Network, um, which is home to a lot of different podcasts. Um, Your Atheist Pastor, Mental, Movies That Molded Me, Foreign Toe. Um, and well, the fade to gray podcast. Um, so we've joined with those guys in their network and it is incredibly exciting. We're very excited. So all these different podcasts are about different subjects that, uh, relate to practically anyone. Um, I suggest you go check them out. They are, um, just wealth of knowledge and experiences and information that can help again anyone out yeah it, it, it's a great culmination of different views different um lifestyles everything and it is wonderful and all of them do a great job and have a lot of grace explaining and walking through what they believe and even like debating some of the, the issues we, we've debated here on reap yeah, and so, that's what we've always been about is yeah. to take um, information and learn from others experiences outside of your own echo chamber, outside of your own beliefs and values. Yep. And so this is episode zero for uh, the Fade to Gray Network. So for those of you who don't know who we are at Reapcast, um, I'm Clay. I'm Julia. Um, We've been doing Reapcast for about a little over a year now. Um, about episode 16, we kind of took a break. We had some technical issues. We had some life issues even before 2020 hit, which was just insane to begin with. Um, and so we, uh, we started Reapcast kind of, well, so I started Reapcast before Julia kind of jumped on board kind of as a, a church thing. Like our church at the time had a reading program called Reap. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to start this podcast and, you know, read a Bible verse a day from this Reap program. And I'm going to call it Reap. I'm going to call it Reap because that seems cool. And at that same time, we had a falling out with that church some church trauma from it. And a whole bunch of like deconstruction came all at once. 
Um, and we found the best way to cope with that is to talk about it. <laughs> and so we did. Um, so if you go back and listen to Reapcast season one, it is a lot of bitching and moaning about the church. Uh, <laughs> On top of that, we do talk about um, our own traumas in our own life experiencing church growing up. We talk a lot about kind of the flaws we see being taught. Um, a lot of it's religion because at that point we were kind of figuring out where we believed and where we fell on different belief styles. So that's kind of what season one is about. <laughs> yeah. It's just us trying to figure out what we believe and us pointing out the uh, hypocrisies and the flaws that we saw um, growing up. So um, just a little bit of background information before we get into this. Yeah. Um, I'm 29, about to be 30. I grew up severely fundamental, severely um, conservative. Um, think Westboro Baptist Church and we are kind of a step below that. So we grew up very rigid, very um, do everything by the law. Like what we're going to talk about later today is you obey your leadership, period. You obey your parents and you never disrespect them. Purity culture, all that fun stuff kind of molded together in one awful ball. So that is my background. Yeah, mine's quite a bit different. Um, so I grew up Wiccan. We were Buddhist for a little bit. Like I, I grew, I grew up all over the religious spectrum in multiple variants and multiple denominations of those um, belief systems. And uh, came to Christianity late. Um, I wouldn't say late. I was like, gosh, thirteen, fourteen, that I really started getting into church. And um, so came into it late. Well, I also grew up as an unschooler. Um, you know, I could do anything I want. I could, you know, smoke, look at anything on the internet. I saw fit from an early, like it was like, I could really do anything. Um, I governed myself uh, and that's what it was. And that was just kind of how I grew up. So no rules drastically different than Julia. Um, it was kind of like a no man's land, the old West almost where, anything was go. Yeah. And, um, and then we met and we got, <laughs> we went and got eloped at 19 and 18 and, and here we are Yeah, three and kids later. Yeah. And so and it's definitely <laughs> different and we're still like, you know, we still have some of those traits where we're working on to come out of those. I'm, you know, became much more strict. I became a fundamentalist to offset what I did. Julia became pretty much an anarchist at some point, <laughs> you know, to offset what she did as, as people do when they swing the pendulum the other way. Well, Reapcast is kind of the, I guess, mature culmination of of that. We're calling us mature. Um, oh, I mean, I'm now. not thirty yet, so I haven't, I haven't hit the ripe age of maturity. <laughs> but no, so that's what Reapcast is. We are a conversationalist style podcast that wants to have very difficult, very taboo, or like hard conversations about things that really shouldn't happen we like living on the edge um you know we we want to talk about the church's response we do talk about a lot of christianity because it has defined american culture so drastically that it has to be talked about um a lot of our laws a lot of our um structure of government is based off of church things and religion and so we want to combat that um we are christians but as you'll see um we're very different type of christians um and we're not against being wrong um we're not against checking our own faith and going maybe we are wrong on viewing 
this this way. You know, we, we constantly talk about the validity of the Bible. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe it is has a bunch of holes in it. You know, we're, Maybe. We're, we're up for learning and doing that. We're not these strict, you know, this is it moment because you never stop learning. Um, even the Bible itself says it. Um, you know, uh, basically, if you stop learning, you die. You stop growing, you die. You have to continue to grow. And that's what we're here about. That's what we are about here at Reapcast. Um, so, yeah. So, what is the conversation going to be about today? So, the conversation is about the dichotomy in church leadership, specifically teachings that come from leadership. But I think it's all encompassing of most more evangelical and I would say reformed side of Christianity. Yeah, I would say that too. Um, is the biggest ones. Um, and there's a lot of like ex evangelical or deconstructed evangelicals that that's kind of washed away from, um, which by the way, we would fit into that thing of deconstructed, um, Christians as well. So we're just going to make our own denomination. Yeah. <laughs> we are the deconstructed evangelical Christians. <laughs> we're not evangelical. I can't use evangelical. Yeah, I that's can't. Just, just not... throw, throw, throw that whole baby and bathwater out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I can't do it. Um, but no, so we're going to talk about, well, personal, some personal experience and kind of what we're seeing today. We believe this really ties into a lot of what we're experiencing right now. Right. So, so raise your hand. Ladies and gentlemen, it's this is not video. I mean, just so you know, like we're not going to be able to see them. <laughs> hey, you hands. at home, play along. If you have ever in church or have a friend in church who have heard this specific teaching, you must obey leadership no matter what. You must obey your parents, your pastor, policemen. I mean, you name it. As long as they're a follower of God and they're an authority, you obey them. Both of my hands are up right now because that was drilled into my head uh, I, since I was old enough to understand what authority was. See, and not for me. There was, there was no like, if they're an authority, it was like, they're an authority? Test that. Let's see how much the authority they are. Like, <laughs> like you know. You're a baby anarchist. Like, I knew the term fuck the police before I knew what fuck the police was. Oh, I did not learn like, that term until I was well into my <laughs> mid-20s. Oh, I know, because I taught it to you. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I'm like, yeah, fuck that cop. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. They're going to come and raid our house in the middle of the night. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a drastic world. But, um, but yeah, so let, let's start with the story. So, when I first came to got into church um it was a reformed church so very like doctrinally heavy very big i went through the westminster shorter catechism and nerd it's 107 question and answers and like some of them are like one or two paragraphs long if not more um it's just it's a lot of work and it, it was a two-year class i mostly went to it because i get to hung out hang out with my friends but i mean there was some good stuff in there but with that they would teach things like, you know, what the what the pastor is saying is a hundred percent true, and the Bible a hundred percent, you know, just take it, just don't question it, just go with it. But then you would bring up like, well, what about this opinion? And they're like, well, you need to pray about that. You need to you need to like do some research and see that. And that's always stuck out to me as like, that doesn't make any fucking sense that you're telling me I have to blindly trust you, but 
someone outside the circle you're yeah. you're supposed to test it and test the scriptures and see if it rings true or even other people inside the circle who aren't like you know in real well with like the leadership circle they're mm-hmm. kind of like on that fringe leadership circle um they're like well we gotta we gotta like check that because it, it's it's an unpopular opinion or it's something that goes against their power structure or against how they're doing something hmm like, so in a lot of reformed churches at the age of 16 or even before, um, as a guy specifically, hmm. um, you are Time a member stab. of the church and get a vote. Um, so like during like be meetings, raging over here <laughs> during meetings at 16, you get a say if it's like a church wide meeting, you get an opinion and, so I remember like they were talking about um, planning this church. It was a plant and like how they're going to do it. Um, anyway, I think it was over something so simple of like, you know, what's wrong with going and getting a small loan to do this X, Y, and Z. And from the money you're saying that's coming in, you should be able to pay that back quickly anyways. And it was like real simple math. And because the pastor said all debt is inherently evil and bad, although he was buying a car and buying a house, had debt, Yikes. it wasn't okay for the church to do it. And I got a talking to in a private meeting afterwards that that is a very, we don't need to be talking that way because that could incite division in the church. No, not that. And I'm like, how don't, like an opinion of like maybe it's not such a bad idea to go do this like i'm not for debt but like it's an opinion you can just go like and eh, no that's that's not the smartest thing to do and leave it at that but i got a 45 minute lecture on why that's inherently wrong and evil no. again as he's paying off like a you know forty five thousand oh dollar car and a two hundred thousand dollar home <laughs> you know like like he has now. debt plus his seminary He's still paying off like and all this other shit he's in debt for and he's preaching because it's the church because it's this it's wrong and because the Bible says this it's wrong. See I had a similar but different experience so uh, it it is also messed up but in a different way. So I, I did get taught obey leadership no matter what right. You are young, you're stupid until you get to the ripe old age of question mark, because they never actually said what age that yeah, was. Yeah, it's always a hoop you have to jump through, but they never tell you which fucking hoop. So, you know, until you're old enough, just listen to your elders. I wish I would have done that when I was little. So you just kind of get these, you know, subtext um, Isn't theology. Isn't it funny how the people who tell you that always tell you that, and they always remind you that they're always going to be your elder? I know. <laughs> Because they're older than you to start, so they're always going to be your elder, so you're just stuck in this continuous clusterfuck loop of eldership. You're not wrong. So they, 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 they taught this theology that, you know, God says submit to your authorities. God says submit to anybody in charge of you. Anybody. Which is a red flag for all sorts of abuse going on, but we'll get to that in a minute. So they taught that, but at the same time, they consistently very strongly said unless they ask you to do something wrong right so if they ask you to steal don't obey them that's the only time you can disobey they ask you to do something blatantly wrong so if they ask you you know if 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 a if the government says you need to not pray in public 
you will disobey them. If the government tells you, it's always the government. It was never a pastor. Yeah, it never is leadership. It's always someone outside leadership. And, and you're like, very, that's sometimes really they weird. said they, they said parents, but if your parents are going to church and they're and they're teaching they're you the trying. Bible, they're trying. If they're, they're trying. trying, and you just obey, they're going to be flawed. You got to obey them anyways, right? That's kind of the teaching. But at the same time, they're told us, you know. As long as it's not something wrong, as long as it's, you know, not against what the Bible says. If it's against what the Bible says, you have all rights to disobey as much as you want. But, and there's a very strong but here. Very, very, very (laughs) big but right there. (laughs) (laughs) Why? (laughs) (laughs) They would, uh, well, I just broke the microphone. So, the but there was that they would say that, right? But anybody who would disagree with them in public, like like you just did, like you just gave the example of, were like, hey, I don't think that's right. The Bible actually says, don't do this. And it's not saying what you do is correct. Right. That person would suddenly vanish. Yeah, they would disappear. Like they would disappear. They got taken out by I the mean, mafia. They, they weren't assassinated. But I don't know if you have ever <laughs> If you have ever been a part of a church shunning... Um, you you know how traumatic and damaging that is, and so you as a kid would see this person be with you, you know, as a kid, as a teenager, and then the moment they kind of disagreed or disobeyed their authorities on good solid ground, or you know what they what you would find out later would be solid ground, but you would be told they were causing division and inciting violence and inciting hatred among the people. Right. And if you disagreed with that judgment, you would be lumped in with them. Yeah. So you had a choice to make. Do I stay in my social circle or do I actually do what they've been telling me to do, even though I'm going to be punished for doing what they told me to do? Yeah. It's a lose-lose situation. So there's the dichotomy, right? They tell you, hey, unless it's something wrong, you need to fight back against evil but never against your own kind. So it's like these two different ideals being taught together. And so you're always in the state of confusion. Like, Hey, wait, no, you told me to do this. Why am I suddenly the bad guy here? Yeah. Right. They always tell you don't disobey if it's wrong, but we're never going to be the ones who are actually disobedient. Right. Well, and it's one of those things that's like, like even in, what is it? Uh, a good friend of mine in an earlier episode, you know, uh, why is it always in the Bible that the people following leadership are the ones to get fucked? <laughs> you know, and and it's like that's a common thing, and I think that they think that's in the Bible mostly because, well, that's what humans do. A lot of people who are in leadership want it a certain way where it benefits them only, and the church is a notorious like a notorious breeding ground for megalomaniacs. Um, people with, you know, what we would call Napoleon syndrome, short man syndrome, you know, um, and narcissists. wild insecurities being portrayed and grasping for power. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that it, this is rampant. And this might look completely different from even your own personal church trauma or church experience. And it could be as simple as a disagreement 
like just a simple disagreement. Like um, I am a gap theorist, which means I believe the world was created in billions, millions of years, that it's not a literal seven days um, because I believe most of Genesis is poetic and is a poem, which it, it is. Um, I still haven't landed yet. And, and that's okay. But I remember having fights even with Julia oh, yes. when I brought that up. Just bringing that oh, up I was bad. naturally was triggered bad. a trauma response because that's what she was taught to bring. And we can say that and laugh about that now. You know, but <laughs> it I was not bring, funny then. But I would bring it up and be like, hey, you know, um, when it says evening and night, that's just a timestamp in Hebrew. There's no real. It was just, you know, a start and a stop. You know, it wasn't a literal thing. And she would automatically punch against that and that's because can i of, say where that was from well i mean you can yeah so that this is another teaching and i know this isn't completely on topic but um, uh, it is <laughs> this other teaching um and i guess we'll get into it in, in just a minute but if you you know if you question one thing in the bible it's never going to end you're never gonna slippery stop slippery slope mentality yeah you're never gonna stop questioning the bible and then you'll become a liberal and then you'll become a satanist i mean we're we're halfway there <laughs> we are liberal now we are not satanists guys <laughs> not yet <laughs> but yeah and so they would teach and so that's like would be our arguments so and you threatening something that i knew yeah well that you thought you knew well uh, uh, yeah so, you know, threatening my entire foundation yeah. was threatening my life. Not not in a violent way, but like, this is everything I believe. What happens if all of it's not true? Well, what happens so if I can't, this I can't one accept, thing I can't, ex I can't accept that. Because if this right. one thing is wrong, what else is wrong? Right. And, you know, and that means everything I know I'll have to completely destroy and rebuild. Right. And I don't want to do that work. And, I'm and that was scary. Right. And that was what I was trained to react that was a, that that's what i was trained to believe and i think that's what a lot of people right now are facing of uh, this reality that what i was taught what i was brought up on what i've believed for years and years and years could be a lie it could be a twisting of the truth it could not even exist right well, and it's it's not just that because they instill a trauma response in you because when you when that gets challenged, you're thinking I'm going to lose my friends, I'm going to lose all that stuff. Yeah, if I believe this, I'm eventually going to have to say I believe it. Right, right? you eventually, can't even challenge it. So I, I either live this lie with all my friends and pretend to believe the same things they do, or I'm going to have to find new friends because I've already seen what happens to people when they disagree with the status quo of church. Right, and so, but I mean, luckily that conversation is different now. Um, but even as simple as that is even asking the question, hey, is seven days literal? Or what about the Apocrypha? Let's talk about the Apocrypha. Um, I remember a two-hour lecture again from the elders of the church where me and a couple guys were like, let's talk Apocrypha. And we were just asking for like, let's understand why this isn't in the canon, the core canon of the Bible. Why, why isn't this here? And it was another lecture because we just asked a question that challenged the status quo of their leadership and control. It wasn't, and it wasn't anything else. It was harmless even, which leads me to believe what would they do with a big issue? If it's this simple issue of just asking a fucking question over why isn't this in the Bible and why is this, I want to know about why, how the Bible was canonized. I get a lecture about like, don't question, you know, yeah, and I'm I mean, we've lived what happens when you go deeper than that. We have. Um and 
And of course, we we go into deeper detail about that in our, our couple episodes of season one. But um, basically, we were at a church that we were planting. Um, we were blood, sweat, and tears of this plant, and literally, yeah. And you know, we invested our entire lives into it. Yeah, it was who we were. It wasn't just a, a small thing. And so, basically, um, we were leading. We were, you know, doing music, whatever. We were removed from leadership because of whatever hoop we didn't decide to fucking jump through that day, or month, or year, or whatever. <laughs> um, no, we called out sexual abuse in the church and got well, kicked out. Well, so we. Well, I'm getting to that. So. <laughs> Another guy comes in that's a friend, an old friend of the pastor. He just got out of prison. Not that that's an issue, but it quickly becomes one. Um, got saved in prison, and that's a, a great story, but he was super new to the faith. Um, started to celebrate recovery and started some things. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Well, then the pastor goes and makes him an associate pastor. And I'm like, what about me? I've been here for fucking five years doing everything you asked. And you're, you're just like, no, you're not good enough. But the dude who literally is a fresh Christian, which you're telling me you don't put fresh Christians in charge of people as well in your Bible as well. But yet this one's okay because you know, he, there's a lot of hypocrisy going on. Well, I started working with the gentleman. Um, I started um, working construction as an electrician's apprentice under him and everything. And it was, it was like, it was okay. Well, it come to find out that him and another leader were sleeping together. Well, in the church bylaws, um, sex outside of marriage due to their purity culture said that's not okay. And it exempted someone from ministry. So I go to the pastor and I'm like, Hey man, this is happening. Um, I have it on good authority because it came from the horse's mouth himself. Um, I'm going to put that on your plate. You take care of that. And he's like, okay. And took care of it. A couple months pass and I'm still working with him and I hear the same conversation now. He's talking about it again. They're still doing so. And now there's a rift. Like it's gotten hostile and it's causing problems in the church itself now. And I go back to the pastor. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like, I thought you took care of this. And he goes, no, I, I did. We, we came to an agreement. I'm like, on what? And so that turns a little ugly. And I go to the guy himself and I'm like, look, just so you know, uh, due to bylaws and the belief system right now, and I said it more churchinese back then, um, this exempts you from ministry. Um, what you're doing exempts you from ministry, and you need to decide where you're at. Um, and again, I was wrong for like being where I was at then, and that's that that's fine. But at the moment, I was in the right because that's all I knew. Well. Basically, it turns out I, me and Julie get cornered and we pretty much get told, hey, um, you're causing division. Um, I took care of the issue, even though it's still going on. We, it's okay. Um, what he did, what, what they're doing is not as bad as what y'all did. And one, we didn't ever really know what we did in the church. And it was told to us, um, you're either going to go through a boot camp. I'm going to put you through and it's not going to be fun or easy. Um, it's actually going to be really, really bad or you can leave, but I don't want you to talk to anyone about why you're leaving. And so we left. Um, that's also when we had our first awakening of like, this is church trauma. This is church abuse. We need to leave. Um, but that was the response for when actually something was caused out. Now, what was happening was, 
um, this guy and this this other girl, they were, you know, having sex, whatever, who cares? But it got like violent. It got aggressive. It got like him telling her, you're not allowed to come around me or the church. It's not your place. Da, da, no, da. He, he said he used his authority to kick her out of church that too. because they broke up yeah. and she wouldn't get back together with him. Yeah. And so he started doing that. And so like all these things started happening. We were calling that out like, hey, that's wrong. And it was that blatantly wrong. And now we're the ones being kicked out. Um, not to say we are Jesus and that was, you know, Jeez, no. whatever, but that's what it felt like. It was like, you're taking this dude who has been proven to do this type of shit and it's okay, but we're getting kicked out because we're telling people, Hey, this is happening and nothing's fucking being done about it. Well, and ours isn't an isolated story. We have talked oh, no. with so many people who that, that that's the experience in church and the like reason this is the norm this is and and the reason we tell this story is um partly one to have we have a slight empathy with people who don't go against that status quo because that entire experience is extremely traumatizing and isolating so yeah, it took like, us like four five years it to took us talk a, about it yeah um and, and that was last year. <laughs> and you can find that on the episode Surviving the Church 2. Part 1. Part 1. Part 1. And you can hear some of it inside of uh, Letters I Never Wrote as well. And I mean, that was an extremely emotional epi- uh, episode for us to talk about. And that was five years after it happened. So we have to begin with grace towards people who refuse to change their minds. Because what they are looking at in most Christian circles is complete isolation. Well, it's social suicide. And assassination of character. Because when yeah. you leave like that, they don't just go after, they don't just leave you alone. Yeah, like it was so bad when we left that experience that like two or three years after we would go back and see people from that church community. And they're like, um, I haven't seen you at church lately. Y'all just go into a different service? And we're like, no, we haven't been in this fucking city for like you know, three, four years now. Well, and when it's we left, we no were one... forced to say, hey, we're going to Stephenville to minister to the people there. That's where we're feeling called to go. Yeah. Like we were made to say, and, you know, at that time we thought we were making, you know, we were we were taking the high road by not calling abuse what it was because we weren't even sure what it was at that point. We were very unsure. We knew there was something. We knew there was something wrong, but we couldn't identify it. And so we just kind of went along because we didn't want to make anyone look bad. We didn't want to destroy a church that we had spent five years trying to build. Like there's so much that goes into it. So when you're talking with someone and arguing with someone, we have to take into fact that to, for them to change their mind usually means that they have to commit social suicide. And I don't use suicide lightly. It is a very traumatic and almost dehumanizing experience. Yeah. So if you're going to try and change their mind, you have to be there for them when they leave. And if they choose to change their mind, because if you leave someone like that alone, it's very, I can't, I don't, I don't know how some, else to say that. When, so when someone finally goes against the status quo. So when, when a church is saying blind obedience, do as I say, not as I do, or, you know, disbelieve everything else, but only believe me, 
when a church is saying that and you stand up to it or, and, and this is, this honestly goes for anything organizational, friendship wise, anything. Right. This is, this isn't isolated to Christian yeah. communities it, for it's sure. It's mostly, it's easier to see in Christian communities because it's very blatant outside looking in. Um, and even for a lot of people who are there, they know what's going on. They just have no power over it and just are so lost hope. They, they're so lacking hope in it changing. Um, but this goes for everything. When you see it, um, and you're you're willing, call it out. Because I guarantee you, you're not alone. That you, honestly, there is a quiet majority just going. This is the way it is. Uh, when we left our last church, due to some other church trauma of actually specifically on this, is do as I say, not as I do. Um, or. Or requesting blind obedience. Um, I was talking to someone who we were, were in their life group in, and I remember them saying, "You know, as a pastor's kid, this is just—it's just how it is. It's just the way it is. Like completely given up that it can change because it's not broke. Don't fix it. People keep coming, so it is what it is. Right. As long as people are getting to know Jesus and being saved, everything is excusable." Like, that's usually what it boils down right. to. Well, if how are they going to hear about Jesus if the abusive pastor isn't going to teach him? Right. And it, like, it's, it's, very, it's very strange to put it that way, but that's exactly what it is. Well, and it's not even... So our, our big issue, like with our last church, um, wasn't even that it was abusive. It was it was the early stages of, of more than likely abuse of blind leadership. They were requesting, you follow us blindly and do what we ask or find something else. And so there wasn't a lot of things that they were doing that was blatantly abusive um, that I can remember, at least for me. There were some things that, that were definitely wrong, but there wasn't a whole lot of abuse there. But we left because usually when a place tells you to blind to follow blindly or a friend tells you to follow blindly, um, and I'm going to pause real quick, there is a caveat between, hey, I need you to trust me. Because saying that sometimes is necessary to Julia. Hey, I just need you to trust me on this. Like when we moved to the city we're in now, I told her, hey, I just need you to trust me. Yeah, I was not excited about and, it. And I just need you to follow me on this one. And I promise it's going to be okay. I know it looks like shit. I know. I understand that. But just follow me. That's different than blind leadership. That's asking someone to put faith in you for a time. And then you come through on on your kind of promise that it's going to be okay. Blind leadership goes, no matter what I say, period, every day, all day, you're going to do what I say and follow me, period. The Bible says so. Because the Bible says so. <laughs> so on the blind leadership, let's talk a little bit more about the subtle ways. They kind of ask you and convince you that you actually want to do that. But that's manipulation. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So along with this thought that you should only obey Christian leadership, you have this kind of undertone of you also can only research, read, and study authors and teachers that are in that same circle. But they don't tell you that. Like, they don't outright come out and say, like, hey, you only can do this, only research here. They do it in different ways. They it, Let's let's talk about the different ways because I'm sure we've both experienced different ways that was kind of taught under the table. So for me, it was mocking authors 
outside the circle. So mocking guys like Rob Bell, which I get it. Rob Bell is a little cuckoo on some things, but they would straight up. If you read that book, you're going to hell. Like, Dear God! Like it was they like did Velvet not. Velvet Elvis is rough. Oh, they did on some not things. like Rob Bell. Um, but it's not a bad book. You know, if you read any news journal or, or news journalists, oh man, I can't talk. <laughs> Use your words. If you read any blogs or news articles outside of, if they're not Christian, they are not trustworthy. And if they are not recommended by your Christian pastors and your, you know, the top leaders of this movement or denomination or do you you know if they're episcopalian or i remember my favorite is like if you're southern baptist it's you know like you're highly told not to read independent baptist shit no yeah you're taught to only read within your circles yeah and never outside because again that slippery slope argument comes in if you start reading other people you might actually start believing it well yeah i mean the devil will use it to trick your mind (laughs) yeah That's literally that's literally what I was taught is Satan will use other people's reading and materials in order to manipulate your mind to believe something that isn't true. Right. Like, look what happens when everybody goes to college. They are suddenly introduced to all these different things. And what do they do? They leave the faith. So just don't read. You don't want to be like them. Right. Yeah. When oh, really, yeah. when in reality, they're introduced to a world that they've been secluded from their entire lives and they don't have any way to combat that they don't have any way to say well yeah that's true but that's not here's why like if you're never taught it and you're only taught that it's wrong and never that you know they have some good points you're just going to completely swing the pendulum the other way the same way we did well yeah but it's even worse because like you get into a world so you go from a world that is like hey only do x y and z if you go outside this you're done and you're going to be just cast out and not be one of us oh and they're all evil and they want to rape you to a world (laughs) where they're literally going check all of this stuff out but if you don't check this stuff out and can't have a conversation you're naturally in society going to be ostracized because well that's how society works if you're unwilling to look at things and see things from other perspectives society kind of would just crumble and so that's where i believe the pendulum swings is because we're sitting here going you know don't look at this and we're not preparing them for what's out there like you know i've I've told julia at a certain age i'm handing my daughter or oldest a Quran, a Buddhist uh, manual, because I want her to know what is out there, what these people believe. Right. Other opinions are not the enemy. They're not the enemy, you know, and we want her to believe if she is a Christian, she, she wants to believe in Jesus and the Bible. That has to be her choice. I, I don't get to tell her what she believes on that. And that right there goes against all most most denominations in Christianity. But if you don't save them young, they'll never get saved. Right. But that's Who's bound to be that untrue. Statistic? Um, and so, like, we want our kids to make the choice themselves. We're going to teach them values that we believe are proper values and how to be a good human. Because that's what we believe all the Bible teaches is how to be a good human. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to teach them that, yes, but we're not going to tell them they have to be Christian or have to be X, Y, and Z for us to love them, care for them, or for them to have a social circle. So um, my my one thing that was always funny was, I think it was a lot like yours, where um, the subtle ways of telling you you can't read other people um, was always prefaced is you, you can read other denominations' books, just know they're inherently flawed. 
Ooh, yeah. So I it's, about it's that, you can, yeah. you can. Um, you're not going to go to hell to do it, and you need to know information. Just know they're wrong. They're wrong from the go, which automatically puts you when you're reading them. So, like you know, uh, Mark Driscoll. Ugh. You know, they were big pushing Mark Driscoll and all these other pastors. Love and respect. And then they were pushing Stephen Furtick for a while. And it's like when Furtick was young, he was like, he had some really cool stuff. Because he was like actually gave a shit about people when he was young, you know, and actually had some really cool things. Same with Rob Bell with the Numa series. Some really good, solid, like exegesis and some really cool things. Everything is spiritual. We still need to and watch that. Everything is spiritual and all these things. Even Velvet Ellis is a great book. Ugh. Not my favorite. Nope. I don't but like it. It does at all. ask some questions and, and you know, Blech. do some things, just like Blue Like Jazz. You know, they, they I, I got told Blue Like Jazz. It's a it's a great book. It's a hippie book. But um, they ask too many questions. It, it asks a lot of questions. Just know it's wrong. So it puts you in this point when you're reading them to not be able to take in any part of the book. So now you're reading it to know how it's wrong, not even just to read it. Yeah. So you're being predispositioned. I was given. And the you book, don't even know you're being predispositioned. I was given the book Boundaries. Um. Which, Which I still have to reread. Boundaries are good, but this book is very a sexist boundary limit because it's boundaries. But I'm gonna, I will, I'm gonna have to reread it. No, because I remember those conversations, and even then, I'm because I it, don't remember. I just remember being completely mad, and that's uh, that's kind of a, a a yellow flag for me to be severely mad at a book that tells you to set boundaries. <laughs> like I was yeah. just like, how dare you? Like putting up these boundaries. Between you and your husband, between you and your family members, there should be no boundaries for anyone. Like it was like in the yellow flag, because like what does a church act? Yellow flag is to pause. (laughs) There might be some danger ahead. You need to slow down. (laughs) Um, You know what does the church absolutely love? Walking over people's boundaries. Yeah. So they pre if I'm so predispositioned to hate boundaries when they're talked about as being unbiblical and unloving, then yikes. And a lot of people in the church would agreed with that. Like, no, boundaries is just terrible. I why would you even read it? It's not even it's it's written by psychologists. Psychology and the Bible don't mix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so why do you think, and I have my own opinion on this, but why do you think the church is so heavy on making sure that their people are not well informed? Because it's easier to lead stupid people than intelligent people. That's a much harsher way than I would have put it, but, but I agree. I mean, in, in the simple, so like you can have a PhD in theoretical physics, but be religiously stupid. Um, because they're different things. Um, now you can get smart and get educated on those things by doing research and looking at, you know, and that's fine. But most religious people, and this is not just Christianity, I would say most, not all, are followers. They just want something to cling to and run with, and that's fine. And there's some highly intelligent ones as well who question things and do things, and that's fine as well. But On the whole, from my experience, especially in Christianity, most are theologically retarded because they refuse to. They have no capability of doing so because they think they have no capability to do so. And they're taught from the pulpit that you you can research things, but only research what I have 
taught you. Or go check out the church library. It has a bunch of great books there. It's been curated by Miss Betty. Great variety. Yeah. And it's all the same books from the same publishing house usually or just the one like evangelical section of Lifeway. Well, and then what are you trained to believe? Like there's multiple steps. What are you trained to believe? That anything your pastor recommends is right. Right. And should be trusted. So like you have all these different levels of subtext just stacking onto a terrible piece of cake that makes you ignorant, makes you susceptible to manipulation, makes you, I mean, susceptible to abuse, honestly. Well, it's priming you. It, it's literally, or sorry, not priming, it's conditioning you for for future atrocities, really. Yeah. So, like, it makes you an easy victim. It makes you a person who will accept anything and then it primes the entire social group to kick you out and shun you if you question it. Because, of course, why would you dare be questioning our great pastor? Right. Why would you dare to question what we believe? Do you hate the Bible? Do you hate Jesus? The world has manipulated or, you. Repent and come back to our circle believing exactly what we believe. Or it's simple as this. So when we left our last church, we became, I would say, pretty decent friends with some people who led our life group um, that we were in. Um, and we spent some years in it and uh, did life with these people, went through a lot of stuff and it was great. Well, when we left the church, we're like, Hey, do we still go to life group? And they're like, yeah. And that was a first response. We're like, okay, cool. That's awesome. You know, we get to go to life group. We get to keep our um, social circle. We get to keep slightly. Some, yeah. We, you know, at least some of it. Cool. And then I was called to a meeting. Um, and I'm like, okay, I know what this is going to be about. Like, I've, I've, I'm old enough now to know the writing on the wall. And we know what a cup of coffee yeah, means. Yeah. And one of those things was, I'm like, okay. And I'm like, what, uh, what's up? And he's like, well, um, you know, I talked with the pastor and we don't think it's best if you continue to come to life group but i'm like the life group is separate though like the life groups it was always taught that these are autonomous and invite people who don't go to church mm-hmm. like it was always taught hey if people are coming to the life group that don't go to the same church that's a win that's a win well we weren't going to the same church thus we were a win and yet we were kicked out and the reasoning was was mm-hmm. you're too loud uh, meaning you challenge it you you speak up when when things go wrong and oh I think also we were called dangerous and uh, it wasn't said that we were dangerous but it was it was implied that we are the dangerous ones because we challenge everything we might we cause question, division in the might, life yeah. group yeah and it what that wasn't said but like because we stopped going to a church we didn't even like we didn't even make a big splash when we left we just stopped right and it was and again it was over some some wrongs not even abuse it just wrongs and disagreements really it wasn't even over like a mass abuse happen well i would disagree slightly but that's um that's for another well, episode it is it is um at least for me it was over us more fighting for hey if you don't quit the way you're going you will start to cause abuse like, like you are priming the areas for abuse. Yeah. This needs to stop now. Right. And then we got kicked. Or we didn't. I got kicked out of the circle you were in in um, children's ministry. Vol- and, volunteering. Yeah. The place I'd been for like four years. Yeah. Uh, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And so that's another episode. <laughs> yeah. And so basically, um, 
it can be subtle or it can be blatant. Um, but blind leadership in every aspect is, is horrible, wrong, and completely unbiblical. Um, nowhere in the Bible does it ask for blind leadership. Nowhere nope. does it teach blind leadership. It teaches to question and to it teaches check submission, it. with it, which is a mutual agreement. Well, submission is not even the right word in today's culture. Well, it's more but, so but, like willingness, willingness to be led, which is different. Well, and, it's hey, I would like you to do this, and me going, you know, you can say yes or no, and yeah. going, you know what, yes, I think that's a good idea. I'm going to join you. It's not yes, sir, yes, ma'am. It's you know what? I is it, you have a choice to say yes or no. No, what are you going to do? Right. Well, it goes back to the submission difference. is not obedience. Right. Well, it also goes back to like I said, the difference between hey, just trust me on this, and this heart felt like hey, I know you're scared. I understand. Just trust me. Yeah. To, I just I'm going to need you to shut the fuck up and and just follow, please. So here's how all of this relates to what we are experiencing right now, what we are experiencing in the Black Lives Matter movement, what we are experiencing in protests, the um, beliefs against the beliefs against police brutality, um, and why the Christian circles are so against that. Um, Because we have all, and I say we, because I was taught this too, uh, we have all been trained and conditioned to believe that that, Stuff does not happen, especially authority equals rightness. Authority is not wrong. Police are inherently good people. And if they're an authority, there's absolutely no way they can brutalize someone unless they earned it. Yeah, there's always a reason. Right. Um, there's a, a Franklin Graham quote that goes around going, look, if you don't want to get shot, obey the police. That's what we've lost in our great country is that people don't know how to obey anymore. Just yeah, obey yeah. your leadership. Obey the president. Obey the police. If they tell you to do something wrong and you think it's wrong, obey them anyways because they are an authority and the Bible says to obey. Like it's so ingrained in the Christian culture to obey blindly. Well, they took in that, they've taken that verse, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. No, they've taken the verse, submit oh, to every but, authority because they have watch over your souls. Right. but And that's talking about pastors who are trying to help you, not right. policemen who are publicly funded. Or even to- friends like, in your circle. So all friends group, whether a friend group wants to admit or not, has leaders in that group, period. Because it's the human nature to, to, to do so. Uh, we are tribal by nature and tribes have um, structures, naturally. Um and so in that, even in your friends group, that's what that verse speaks to. Someone speaking into your life like, hey, man, that's that's going to be really rough. Like you do you. I'll be here for you. But but I'm going to I'm going to put like a, a little warning out that that's going to end badly. Hey, man, you are being really narcissistic here. You need to chill and think about yeah. other people like the, the, those are examples of like, hey, oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. That's submitting going, yeah, I have a choice here to either just say, screw you, man, I know what I'm doing or ouch, you know what, that that you're kind of right. I'm acting out on some um, insecurities I have. Let me go check that and see what's going on. Um, that's different than, hey, I know better than you. Watch your tone. You need to listen to me and do exactly what I say because I am above you and I know. Hell, I had that said to me yesterday from a family member when I checked them. Yeah, it was, watch it your was, tone, man. It was, watch your tone. And I'm like, 
really? <laughs> That's not something you say. To <laughs> um, well, especially so like this person knew has known me for years um, against a family member and grew up with them. And like they know you you don't use those words in our family, really, um, unless you're like a grandparent and they're they're being honest. Watch your damn tone, you know. Um so yeah. But like, yeah, that's mm. different than blind authority. And so yeah. that's what we're dealing with now of trying to get the church to look at outside information and outside sources and not the enemy, but informing themselves. Right. It, so it's being able to see, oh my goodness, yeah, right now they're viewing all these police brutality videos and w- the rest of us are saying, oh my goodness, that was completely uncalled for. That's completely unjust. There's no reason the police should be firing upon medics, you know, all these different things. They're seeing it as obviously there's something in the video we are not seeing and it's been right. manipulated to make us feel sad or angry. And that's bad. That's a whole nother thing of emotion, uh, taking emotion the, out of the Bible. But he did that in toxic masculinity. <laughs> um, but, you know, they're already being, they've been trained their entire lives to see these videos as false and misleading. And so right now the battle we have is not, we, it's far past just being able to get them to see racism is being able to say, hey, what you're being fed, what you're being told is, has been conditioning you not to believe truth and not being able to really see what truth is oh yeah you're not being able to be objective about it it's well my pastor said that police are right no matter what and if you would just listen to police you wouldn't get hurt oh yeah Uh, racism does racism doesn't exist my pastor told me so this circle i'm in tells me so i know all my friends say it doesn't exist all your friends are white but <laughs> well, not just well, not just that. Let's step back there. So even there are even people in the church today who are people of color saying racism doesn't exist because for one, for them to stand up and do so again, we've already established they're going to lose everything. But now they're going to be cited for starting a, a race war inside the church. Oh, I hate you that know, term so much. Um, just like when Beth Moore came out and said some things about women, um, and back to the what the Me Too movement. Yeah, like they lit her ass up hard yep just for showing support to a movement of hurting people and going this is wrong we need to take care of this the undeniable fact that abuse is very rampant in our society all she said was we need to believe victims and she lost lost, so much she lost contract of of a bunch of places couldn't preach at certain places like just a whole bunch of stuff and she's part of that circle and she made a stand and was completely villainized and a character assassinated in every form. Um, and so there, I do believe there are people of color in the church because well, I've met them that, that would go, oh, there's no such thing as race because the Bible says all men were created equal. Well, yes, in the Bible it does say that, but we're in the real world where there is racism because there was racism also in the Bible between Jews and anyone not Jew. Yeah, racism is not a new construct. No, it's incredibly old, um, and yet we we overlook those things. And so the fact is, we've allowed this to happen. We as Christians have allowed this to happen. We as a society of non-Christians even have allowed this to happen. And, well, it's time to change it. Yep. It's, it, get, find yourself a good community to support you, because that is probably a key to winning anything. A good community outside the church as well. Yeah. <laughs> we need to talk about that too, but not in this episode. 
Um, find yourself a community that is not directly anchored in your church. I think that's the first step you need to make in order to be successful slightly in calling out the hypocrisy of certain churches. We had a group that we have a whole group of people who do not believe anything the Bible says, or at least not the majority it, of it's it. It's full of agnostics and Wiccans. Okay. Like <laughs> they're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad but thing. But when we went through this last church separate, you know, leaving this church, we had a group to fall back on that did not, was not affected at all by our choice to not go to church. So we had a group to vent to, we had a group to know, okay, I am not losing all of my friends in this city by leaving this church and made that decision to just, okay, I'm not going to support this anymore. Much easier and much easier to not go, well, you know what? I'm just going to excuse this because this is all I have. Well, yeah. And so let's say you're, you're in that. And again, this applies not just to church. It's just most prevalent Um, or it's most visible there. Let's say in your friend group. And one of your friends is starting these things or you're in a work scenario and this is happening. That's a little harder, but I mean, this still applies Um, when things are happening and blind obedience is being requested and, you know, a supreme authority is trying to be led over you and blind support and blind support. And they're like, yeah, wanting you to do that as well and telling you what you can and can't support or think or feel or all these things. If you're able Stand up to it because this has to change and this isn't going to change by us just leaving or quitting. Um, I am a big proponent for cutting people out of your life. I am a a semi cancel culture person where if someone toxic is refusing to change over a long period of time and they're still refusing to change, it's best you probably just need to, you know, cut them out of your circle of friends or your life. And that's okay. But when it comes to things we care about, when it comes to people we care about and people who are close to us and things that are close to us, we need to stand up and go, no, this is wrong. Um, because of the Black Lives Matter movement stuff and us coming out, um, uh, you know, being extremely um, in support of everything that is going on. We've lost friends. I've lost family members over this um, because we came out and said we are affirming um, for the LGBTQ plus community, lost friends and family over that to some degree. You know, we, we've lost a lot on it, but at the end of the day, that's okay because taking a stand and, and finally speaking up will make change happen. Um, the sound of silence doesn't change anything. And that's why we see these protests. That's why we see the riots. That's why we see this mass movement in church and people leaving the church. That's why we see all those things is because people are finally speaking up going, this is wrong. And people are going, well, this is, you know, the, the people are just too sensitive. Now, no, people are just now opening their mouths about it. Yeah. It's always been there. You just kept your mouth shut because that's what you were taught to do. But enough is enough. Yeah. I mean, you said it pretty well. Um, of course, be safe. Be f- Make sure you have a good support system. Yeah. Be that support system for other people. Be that support system for your friends. It's hard and it's exhausting, but you need to do it. 
Yeah. You need to be like, you need to check in on them. If, if you have a friend who has made that stand and is getting a lot of flack for it, you need to be constantly checking in on them, constantly doing what you can to let them know that they aren't alone and that they aren't <laughs> just completely yeeted from everyone's life, that yeah. somebody still cares about them and are proud of them for making that decision because that will make or break a person fighting alone so yeah people can do it people can get tough and people can fight that battle alone but the movement gets so much bigger when they have support well yeah and so behind every person standing on the their soapbox and yelling for change is a multitude of people standing behind them helping hold them up yeah so there you you could be the person standing up on a on a platform yelling you know this needs to end but you could also be the people behind the scenes giving them meals giving them their mental and emotional rest yeah so not all of us like you clay are (laughs) people who will jump in the middle of a crowd and start you know start a movement with your words some of us are better at the care that comes after right but but each are necessary yeah it, because with one you can't have the other absolutely without support um people like myself who are willing to complete have no fear of the backlash and stand up without that support we die out quickly that burn out just burns out and goes away and it's so hard to recover from some can recover quickly and some are blessed and, and given an amazing ability to do so but but both are needed and it's necessary we are in an awakening in our country and really around the world um where the world's gonna look different and it's gonna be so much better i hope you know and with that you know i mean 2020 has been a hard year for everyone it's been horrible from go you know it hasn't been great we've had and we had the first two weeks of january that were kind of cool and then world war three thread <laughs> I, I mean it was just bad but have hope that that change is coming um and honestly let us know what you think let us know what your church or friend or relationships or job you know, whatever, let us know where this type of stuff has affected you and how you dealt with it. Um, you know, let us know because we want to know those stories because without people's stories, it's really hard to not feel alone. Absolutely. And so we need those stories. Everyone needs those stories. So here's the goal of everything. Here's the goal of our talk. Here's whatever. So how do we move forward with this information? um burn it all down (laughs) oh i mean yes but no um so with this in mind know that the people you're battling whether it be on facebook twitter social media or in person family members uh co-workers um friends in other states that you've made along the way if they have such a hard resistance to change and to sources outside of their circles know that this is probably where that's coming from especially if they grew up christian now i know this can exist outside christian circles for sure this is not completely isolated to you know the christians didn't come up with this strategy it's a strategy to keep a multitude at bay and under control and that's dated back since the world began yeah but know that 
when you're asking someone to change their mind about racism, it's not just about racism, right? They have to change. Once that door opens, they are faced with the challenge of their entire circle is probably going to have to shift. And that's terrifying. And that's outside of safety. Humans naturally despise change. Some of us don't. Some of us embrace it. But that is a rarity. But you have to train that specific part of your brain to change and like change because that's usually a threat to most humans. Right. Like, I mean, hell, I hate getting involved in a new freaking television series. <laughs> like, because it's so much change. Like, you're watching one, you, you like You have this. to learn a whole bunch of different gotta, characters and their backstories. Yeah. And so, you know, even learning that, I, I don't like that type of change. But I love, like relational change and new friendships and all like all this stuff i love that but even i hate change in certain areas so yeah know that if you're coming up against you know some friction in your life with some friends who don't want to believe that try to understand where they're coming from and that that they might have to change their entire belief system around that on top of that destroy their soul (laughs) okay do that (laughs) why not (laughs) On top of that, do some inventory for yourself. Where is there is is there some parts in your life that you have been taught do not read these books, do not even look at. For me, it's very hard to read Fox News because I absolutely hate them. <laughs> but to understand, you know, from a strategic background what other people are saying and where the other group is learning and what they're being fed could be beneficial. Right now, I just rage quit and want to comment on all their stuff and delete their platforms but to understand and a slight to understand where they're coming from and why they believe the way they are helps you have a better conversation right maybe there's some authors in your life that you were told absolutely do not trust them they're evil and maybe they're right maybe they are evil but maybe they're not Maybe you need to expand your social circles and your inform where you're getting your information from. Um, I, that's always helpful. That doesn't mean that the information is helpful, but being willing to look outside of what you're comfortable with and the people that you're used to in- influencing your life can be very beneficial. Even if it's just to go, yeah, that makes what I believe that much more strong because that's garbage. <laughs> so for me, that's what I would take away from this is, this is, you know, how we move forward. What about you? So I, I think it's pretty simple. The moment someone asks you to blindly follow, don't ask questions, don't do anything, challenge it. Don't don't just sit there and, and take it and go or find people who can help you challenge or they'll challenge it for you. Um, always question. Always. Um, because... If you're taught just to follow, you don't really believe what's being sold in any form or fashion. You believe what you're being told, but there's no real faith. Um, and so because of that, challenge. Ask why. Ask how come. Um, and like Julia said, you have to look at the other sources. If you're being told, don't go read Rob Bell, Velvet Elvis, Go fucking read Velvet Elvis. You know what? Don't do it. I'm telling you, don't do it. <laughs> but like, but but see why? Like, go in and see why yourself. 
now you can disobey me. And now, you know, and, and you can go and check, okay, that's why, you know, I don't agree with that. But also, so we have a method and I, I hated this on, early on, but it really makes sense. Um, eat the fish, spit out the bones. Because there, even though it's a nice piece of fish, there's going to be a bone every now and then. Take that crap out. Go in, read a book, listen to a podcast, a show, go to Fox News and be like, okay, they were right here. Like there's been numerous times Fox and CNN and the BBC have all put out the same fucking story and they all agree. And that's like, oh, wow, there's some truth. There must be some truth because three drastically different news agencies have just agreed. Broken clock is still right two times a day. And, and that, that does have some validity <laughs> to it. I know, but I'm just being know facetious. when the clock is broken. It's not, you know, and that's not a validation to, to watch something or whatever and keep with it and follow it. But pick and choose. You know, of course, there there are some things you can't pick and choose. You know, the the sunsets and rises, we can't pick and choose. It happens. But on the things we can, challenge it. And then if you land somewhere and you go, this is where I am because of all this research, that is fine. Um, but and it's do healthy the to research, do, that. do find five different sources for the same thing and read them all and see where the flaws are. Right. There's no reason to not be well informed right now. There's so many great articles written. There's so many great books. There's no reason to not. You're just learning more information it's and that's a good Google. thing <laughs> google's run by george soros he's like, evil it's like, a evil corporation you have we, to go to the have, 10th page to find well, who even goes past the first page of google anymore i mean i bear. don't um but <laughs> but no but basically she's 100 right we, we're in an age where all information is accessible um especially in america um i know other countries have some restrictions on like what you can and can't see but it's out there go look it up don't just sit there and take someone else's word for it. And it's going to be really uncomfortable at first. Oh, it's going to suck. To try not to go in going, oh my gosh, I hate these. They're of the devil. Go humanize them. They probably have a kid. They have a wife. They're not here. They're not writing this to hail Satan. You know, they're not trying to just be evil writing this. Sometimes maybe, but try to go in with an open it's, mind. It's pretty obvious when someone comes out, like if you read something and someone's attacking someone else. These libtards, it's usually shit. Left wing radical terrorists. Yeah, um, you can stop there. Yeah, like it's usually, and, and that's from any side Christian, Democrat, Republican, wherever. It's usually just, it's crap. But if someone's trying to go, okay, here's the facts on this, we're going to do this, um, think about this, like that's healthy and that's good. Um, so, yeah, just be okay to ask why. Blind leadership is not biblical, it's not human. Um, it, it, it's the most unnatural way to live life I think we've ever found. Yep. So, but all right. So, well, this was supposed to be a 20 minute episode. Um, well, I mean, we can break it into three. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> uh, but, uh, if but, you have uh, any questions, feel free yes. to comment. We would, we absolutely love comment section questions. Yes. Uh, send us an that email. Reapcast, reapcast at gmail.com. Uh, we will be happy to respond. Uh, the Facebook page, Reapcast. Um, check us out. Uh, again, another great place to talk with us. Um, 
and yeah, we are uh, everywhere podcast can be heard on whatever app you choose to listen to your podcast on. You can find us there. And now you can find us here um, at the Fade to Gray Network. Uh, we'll have a couple episodes a month, um, at least two minimum, and uh, a lot more coming here soon. So yeah, we're really excited yeah. to be here. Yeah, and this Woo! is going to be a great experience. And uh, make sure you listen to all the other wonderful podcasters that are on this yes, network. Yes, check them out. They're um, so good. There's a lot of wisdom. And honestly, the network is a great place to start with With honestly asking different questions. Go listen to Stephanie over at Your Atheist Pastor. Um, listen to those different views If you lean towards atheism. more Christian. If you lean, to, yeah, to more church whatever, Christian. Whatever, she's a great place to hear a perspective from someone who is not from the church. Yeah. Um, and, and go and listen, um, you know, and, and, and be willing to be challenged. Um, and if you still land on Christianity, that's great. If not, that's great too. You've learned and you've changed. And that's the goal here is yeah. to learn and to change for the better, not to stay what's with, with what's comfortable. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, this has been amazing. Um, again, we're so excited to see where this goes. Um, and yeah, so uh, this has been the Recast. Y'all have a good one. Bye, guys. Bye.